I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. This week's guest is Leanna. She had a cardiac arrest, which resulted in an anoxic brain injury. Let's talk about it. Alrighty, uh, we are going to dive right into it, and we're going, we're going, guys, hop on, hop on the old brain injury train with me, will you? We're going to go down brain injury lane, oh. and, uh, and which is which is very far from memory lane. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. here all night. Yeah. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> um, we are joined by our new friend Leanna, uh, all the way from British Columbia, and uh, Leanna had a brain injury and you got your brain injury, Leanna, from a way that most people probably wouldn't think about receiving a brain injury. I think the first thing that people that pops into people's minds is, Hey, you got a bonk on the head. I was going to say bonk. You're going to get bonked on the head. I'll get all bonked bonked up. up, You're going to get a brain injury, but you weren't bonked on the head. Well, I mean, maybe you bonked your head in the process of what happened, but um, give us a little insight. Uh, How did you receive your brain injury back in 2015? Yeah. So, you know, the cool way, because I don't play sports and don't do anything of danger. So I was at a wedding having lots and lots of fun. And um, apparently I was dancing a lot. I actually don't remember any of it. And went and sat down and sat next to my partner and said, I don't feel good. And all of a sudden I just fell down. And everyone said, haha, look at that drunk girl. Right. I mean, if, if, you're, if someone's going to fall down, at a wedding, you're immediately going to go, she's fucking hammered. I've fallen down on we- at <laughs> yeah, weddings. That's, that's wait, where I fall down wait, the most. But wait, but wait, you you said that you didn't bonk your noggin, but you you fell. So it, you fell be, not because the brain injury isn't from falling and bonking your noggin. It's from something that happened, something else? Yeah. So, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure if I just fell or kind of slid, slithered onto the ground, but just mm. fell over. But uh like my partner, Chris, was there and kind of was like, ah, something's wrong. She doesn't do that. And she hasn't really drank all that much. And so they come over and there happened to be, you know, nurses at this wedding. So they were able to check and see that my pulse was none. There wasn't a pulse. Like uh-huh. my heart had stopped. Ah, so it wasn't the noggin, Brian. It was the ticker. Oh, no. She all got all bonked up in her ticker. Oh, no. You got a ticker bonk. <laughs> the, old, the old ticker bonk. Oh, shoot. Um, so you you had, you had went into a cardiac arrest. Cardiac arrest, yes. Wow. So the, the nurses there were like, you know what? Hosp- or, uh, I was in a hotel, so hotels always have defibrillators laying around. Right. So they went to go find it and found that the one was still in its original box and had never been charged or had batteries in it or anything. Oh, oh no. Wow. What's the, even the point? Holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that Holy was kind sh- of a downer. 
I mean, <laughs> no, don't. that's one way of putting it. Your ticker got bonked and that was a big downer. Uh, I, I mean, that's first of all, I didn't know that that was a thing. So I think, you know, I feel like that's probably maybe an important message here uh, to just like put out to the world. Call to action. If you know where a defibrillator is in the building that you happen to work in, maybe just go check and see if it's installed. ever been charged once. <laughs> yeah, like that's out of fucking, the box, you know, holy put fuck. together. Guys, this reminds oh me of a little bit of, of a side story here, but I was walking my dog like two days ago in the morning and it was like 7.30 in the morning and I was walking down the street and this woman's like all flustered getting out of her car and uh, and uh, she looks over and she's like trying to find her keys or something. I don't know. And she looks over and she goes, oh, that's a nice dog. That's a nice dog. And she was like, oh, and I was like, oh, how's your day going so far? And she was like, oh, so-so, just off to sell some defibrillators. And I was like, what? Oh, okay. like of all the things that this person was gonna say why well, it was that thing and i do you think I it was her, do you think it was like a, a similar situation where her flusteredness was probably the same flusteredness that the other defibrillator seller had when they gave it to the hotel that leanna was it at? must have been because and they just I'm forgot sure to say by the way they said unpack they forgot, this yeah they forgot to say you got to take it out and charge it yeah but i thought it's interesting that those defibrillator salespeople are just they're just trying to mention it to anybody that they run into on the street that they're selling different I mean, as, as they should in be in case there's a chance that you might yeah. be a buyer. It yeah. probably makes great commission. Or in case there's a chance yeah. that someone bonks their ticker like Leanna did yeah. nearby. They're, they're that pretty important. Car. And if they're not, you know, there, they kind of are useless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. can't throw it at somebody. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they don't really, they're not really like, they're not really there for casual um, laid back use. <laughs> yeah. They're kind of, they're yeah. kind of only important in very high stakes. High stress. It's not, like, yeah. it's not like when you need one, you can just go and get it and charge it up and then use it. Yeah. And then it's effective. Like yeah. it's, I mean, it, I, it's, it's, it's kind of, be, it's beyond me that they don't come pre-charged, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, even your iPhone like comes a little bit. Of even, even your fucking vibrator dildo comes pre-charged. Typically there's like a couple batteries rammed in the fucker. Wait. Okay. But, but wait, so if you don't have a defibrillator, and obviously that's a bad thing if you need to use one. Mm. Um, but can't you, like, did they start doing CPR on mm. you or chest compressions or something like that? Yeah. So also along with two nurses, there happened to be a first responder. So like a paramedic. And so he knew what was going on and comes over and starts like pounding on my chest, trying to make things happen. And, you know, he cracks my ribs, but whatever. And sue him. I think it was about nine or 10 minutes before an ambulance could arrive and actually use their properly oh charged goodness. defibrillators. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. So now we're getting into brain injury territory. So you are having fun at a wedding one minute. And then the next minute you are going into cardiac arrest. You lay down on the floor, fall down on the floor, slither onto the floor. And I mean, you know, I guess it's probably a great thing that somewhat, somebody that was there who had the right mind to step in and start cracking away and, and doing that, that, those compressions, which is important. But nine minutes without, um, without being reached by someone that actually has access to something that could jolt your heart back into a rhythm, uh, that takes us into like, like an oxic, brain injury territory i'm i'm guessing 
Yeah. So they say it's after three minutes that you start losing your brain cells. Right. They don't have any oxygen. So you were, you were three times that. Get yeah. Kind of over the legal limit. So how did you not, why were you not dead? Like, how did you survive that? Is that like, is, I mean, I don't know much about the statistics about like, like how, um, like, like you just said there three minutes, so your brain starts dying. I wouldn't have known that stat. Right. So when I hear you say that, and then I hear it's, it's been nine minutes, you know, gave it nine to 10 minutes before you are, before maybe you get any kind of activity back. I mean, how, like how, is it, is it a shock that you are alive? Uh, I think so. I've, I've, the statistics that I've heard over and over were uh, when somebody goes into cardiac arrest, immediately it's 10% survival rate. And every minute that passes, that survival rate goes down a minute. Holy fuck. Wow. Oh, 10% How are you survival here? rate. For <laughs> That's so crazy. 10% survival. I feel like we actually just talked about that uh, sort of recently, but that, but I do, I do, I do remember hearing it that, that, that cardiac arrest, like, it, I mean, survival rate is just super low. Wow, um, that is astounding, yeah. 10%. And yeah. so it goes down, sorry, it goes down how much? 1% every One, minute? Yeah. Yeah, 1% a minute. So I've, then I was nine minutes. minutes so. yeah. Oh my God. So you had a one, I mean, you know, statistically you're at a 1% chance of survival at that point. Mm-hmm. So how does, oh how does somebody God. like David Blaine, who holds his breath for like, you know, 20 minutes. Have you heard well, David he doesn't, Blaine's he doesn't, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. And also he doesn't, uh, he doesn't do those stunts, uh, right in the middle of dancing his ass off at a wedding. Right. What about, um, a little uh, bit of preparation. What was the avatar actress? Um, I don't know. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was some kind of wild thing. Underwater that, record or something yeah. on, on set for holding yeah. breath, but it was like seven minutes. But again, so, but, even but, so. but, but again, your heart is still beating. When right. you are holding your breath. Okay. Leanna's heart did not. It's a double and so you're not getting any of that oxygen or oxygenated blood pumped up to your brain. Mm-hmm. So you, so, wow. so this happens, they show up, like when they show up with the defibrillator, is it, it they, they, they obviously use the defibrillator, your, your heart, your heart does obviously come back. You, you know, you're standing here before us. Your heart comes back into rhythm. What what is like what what happens then once they show up with the properly charged defibrillator, and then uh, uh, I'm assuming just get you in the ambulance and take you to the hospital. What 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 goes down then? So at this point, I'm not actually sure what happens because there's a large gap in my memory that didn't that I'm missing. But what I'm told is that just, you know you don't just wake up and are like, hey, peace out. I'm fine. Mm. The I was alive, but not conscious. So I was taken to, you know, the hospital right away where they have put me in an induced coma, I guess. And that's kind of where they left me for, I think, just over a week. So I was in a coma for a week, just recovering and hoping that my brain wasn't entirely ravaged. Wow. And in that that period of time, um, do you... You know, are you aware of like what the conversations were like between your partner and your healthcare professionals? Were they kind of giving him any sort of hope or were they giving him any sort of notion of like what your, you know, what, like what your fucking chances are here of you ever being normal again? Uh, Not at that point. They were just kind of playing it by minute by minute almost and just saying, okay, we're just get this is what we're going to do. We're going to put her in a coma. We're going to monitor and see if you know 
her heart starts beating on its own, if all her organs start beating on their own, because that's the what they're concerned about is making sure that at least my body can still do everything that it's supposed to by itself. They don't, they can't tell the damage that's been done yet, right. basically until I wake up. Oh, really? Oh, wow. But they so just it... want to make sure first that, oh. you know, all the autonomous stuff still works. Okay. So they're like, okay, right. So they're so, like, they're like, all right, the heart seems to be working now. Her, you know, what, like, fuck, I don't know. Maybe they're like, her kidneys are functioning. Her, her liver seems to be, you know, chugging along. Um, there's brain activity, but like, we really, you know, she might wake up, she might wake up and not know how to move, speak, fucking might not know what's in front of her, or she might wake up and just sound like a woman with a Chinese accent now for some reason. <laughs> like they, they really like, there's no telling what, what you are going to be like going forward until you, until they, I guess, pull you out of that, that induced coma. Yes, exactly. Fuck Whoa. me. Do they know why you um, had a cardiac arrest? Uh, uh, so from what they've, I've had every test known to fan that that's been available and they've never been able to find any kind of thing or like I don't have any pre-existing conditions or anything like that. So they've never mm. been able, or even like a family history of it. There's been nothing. So they haven't really found. And ha- just, just for, just for context for our listeners. Um, this was in 2015. How old were you when, when this all went down? Uh, 28. Holy Whoa. shit. Wow. And no pre-existing conditions. No, like nothing kind of like no red flags that stick out for people to, to just think perhaps there's some reasoning behind this. It's, it just really just came out of nowhere. No. Was, and then you look at your family history too. Like if there's any unexplained death, like a sudden car accident or a right. drowning or something right. like that, where it's just. Right. Mm. It's not, wow. it, it almost like. This is going to scare the fucking balls off of like 90% of the listeners. <laughs> yeah. listening right well, because, yeah, like, it's like, fuck me. You know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's smell. It, it sounds sort of like, um, you were about to say it smells like, I was what does it smell like? It smells like, but what it, does more, it smell it's, like? it's definitely more of a sound, especially since, uh, I'm listening to you speak. <laughs> um, it smells like coffee. And I'm not smelling your story like- as it is told to me. Um, it, it sounds a lot or it sounds similar to the thing that happened with, um, um, Demar. Oh yes. Um, um, why am I blanking on his name now? The the football player, the but, Buffalo but, Bills player. But his, but his was his no, was there was a, a reason. There was a, tra- there was a heart. Yes, there's trauma. a reason for it. But it's like right. It's like insanely unlikely. Right. Sure, like it has right. to. He has to be. I mean, you know, the right. amount of hits that ha- that occur in the run of an NFL season amongst yes. all the players who play in the league, and it never happens. Right. Until one day it does, and it's like, well, it happened because this guy got hit in the right place at the right. wrong time, just in that fraction of a second where it, it can stop your heart. What was the song and that was playing while you were dancing right before the heart attack happened? I wish I knew because I was never listening be, to it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be hitting skip on that yeah. one. I might <laughs> provide sure. some clues. I would actually yeah. ask Spotify, please don't play this song. But it's like anymore. that. It, it, but it, it, it reminds me of that because like you said, the only, the reason that it's scary is because it opens up this door for people to go well fuck like you know that could that could be me you know because it's so i mean it's very unlikely it could but it's so So telling me there's a chance you're telling me there's a chance it's so (laughs) random and you know it's it opens up the door for it to kind of like be be able to happen to anybody which is 
Yeah. Which we, which is the thing, which are the things that we fear. So, so. And that's why they have defibrillators everywhere now is because that's, it's that's right. not necessarily yeah. common, but it's something it, that just can happen. Yeah. 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 And, yes, and, and you want to be here. We should, we really should have one in here. Um, I'm okay. So, so just taking us back now, you're in this, um, you're in this induced coma. They're, they're using this time to like ensure, okay, like let's make sure all our systems are, are, you know, greenlit. They're going good. How long before they take you out of that coma? And what does that look like? Take us through that entire process of, uh, obviously, of what you've been told. Not, not what I'm assuming you remember, because I'm sure your memory is shit around that time. Very much so. And so, you know, it was just, I think, just over a week. And my partner was there and he, he'd asked, you know, what's going to happen when she comes out of this? And they all just looked at him and shrugged and said, this could go good. It could go bad. Mm. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, that poor, I mean, I just like, that makes my, uh, that must have been so hard for him to have to be, you know, just like, it's, it's, it's one thing to, to be going through something where you are like aware of what to expect and know that it's going to suck, but to, to get like a response like that, where it's like, we, we don't know, we're just going to have to, we're just going to roll some dice and see what, what lands. Like we really can't, I, I, that I fuck, I hate that. I hate that thought, that feeling. Um, what so was what it did, like? When, yeah. yeah. When you came out, like what was the, what did he see? Um, so it he wasn't there. It happened to be my oldest brother who was there when I came out of it and he was playing music from final fantasy seven. Oh, my favorite game. Yeah, favorite video game. Yeah, which, sick. which song? Uh, I think it was a fight scene, actually. Okay, sweet. And so he's playing Final Fantasy music. And so I, I guess my eyes just shoot open. And I sit up and immediately start ripping everything off my body. So every IV that had been hooked up and I had a feeding tube. Oh, my God. Which I pulled oh, out man. myself. Oh, oh wow. No. You went into fight mode. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And it was just very violent. And so, you know, you're ripping out all these IVs and things. And so blood's going everywhere. And oh. nurses come running in to try and hold me down because I'm just start fighting. Oh. I mean, as okay, so like as jarring as that would be, I feel like there's got to be a sense from your brother going, okay, well, I mean, it's not great that she just pulled that tube out of her face and, uh, and ripped that IV out of her arm, but God damn, she can move. She, she's fucking, she's still got it. You know, yeah. like, like, it's like she's bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's exactly what he had said is like, well, she's got a lot of fight in her still. And that's, you know, that's yeah. the Leanna that I know. So we're good. Wow. Wow. Okay. So now I, again, I take it. You have, you don't, you're not aware of, of this, of, of what, what no, happened. not at all. Okay. What does that look like? I mean, you know, obviously there's a long road to recovery here, but like you come out, you've been, you, you know, your, your, your brain was, was shut off essentially for almost 10 minutes. Super bonked. Uh, it bonked right the fuck up. Um, what like take us through the recovery process. Is there any memories at all? Like, what is it? It's hard to even ask the question. Cause it's like, I don't even know what I don't know. So take us through like, Take us through the recovery process from A to Z. Well, so, so all that happened and I didn't remember any of it. 
you know, ripping out IVs. And every time I, a nurse would try to put me, put an IV in, I'd tell them to fuck off. And, uh, just cause I don't like people touching me at any good time. So like, I was just very, very quite aggressive to any kind of person who came around me. So you had language, you were able to, you were able to speak. Uh, yeah, I think it only took a day or two before I could get my language back. And within two days I was up and walking again. They weren't sure that I would be able to walk again. Wow. So it was up very quickly, but they knew immediately I was having a lot of vision problems. Like I couldn't walk. I couldn't see anything if I was going to walk somewhere. So I was just walking in the walls and bumping into anything in front of me. God damn. When, what, what, when like, you, sorry, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask, like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine the, like the point in which you actually start to remember remembering things. And like, I, I think back to like my memory of like, like when I was a kid and like, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm guessing that it maybe is similar, like for for you thinking back to um, this like entire experience and like starting to like reflect on when you actually start to remember things. I imagine that it feels maybe similar to like when I think of like what was it like when I was a kid, and I you know like have these sort of hazy memories of like you know being four or five years old, but not really. And like a lot of those memories come from like what people told me and. You know, I'm not really sure what what is like actually true in those situations. Is is that what it kind of like feels like for you to think back on that time of your life? Or do you have like a moment where you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's the time. That's when I turned back on and start to remember things. Yeah, it was a it was the light switch moment. And it honestly felt like I woke up all of a sudden and looked around. And I was sitting in a hospital and I was actually in Victoria this time. So I didn't even know. So I wake up in a hospital and I have no idea how I got there. And I'm looking around and I say, what am I doing here? Mm. And it happened to be uh, my other brother who was there with me. And, and he says, don't you remember the wedding? What happened? And I was like, what wedding are you talking about? Like, I, who got married? And he tells me, you know, my friend's name who was married. And, and I'm like, she's not even engaged. Why would she have gotten married? <laughs> Whoa. Uh-oh. Wow. Oh my God. Okay. So how long, when you have this light switch moment, how, how long after the incident was this? It was almost a month, I think. Whoa. Oh my goodness. So you had been like existing sort of like post coma for like two or three weeks. In in almost like this zombie state of like bumping into walls and fucking, you know, lashing out and, and and like all those sorts of things. Absolutely. And getting like spoon fed and, you know, having people help me to the bathroom because I couldn't use my fingers to hold anything. So everybody was feeding me and taking me around, helping me like do absolutely everything. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I look around and like, well, I don't need to be in a hospital. I'm fine. Right. Whoa, man. That's, I mean, every, every single time without fail, Anytime we have somebody on the show that to talk to us about like, like really mind boggling memory loss, it's always, it's always one of those things that's like, it, it's, it's so much harder to wrap your head around than, than almost anything else that we, we, we speak to on the show. Um, Because I think that most of the time when we're talking to people about their experiencing going through any kind of trauma or, or living with illness, there's like, there's these, there's these little glimmers these little sort of like slivers of ways that we can relate 
to the experience by relating to this, you know, this, this one thing that happened to me years ago, that's not really in line with what you went through, but it, it sort of gives me an, a sense of like, wow, that it must've been really tough what you went through. When I'm hearing this from you, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even, I can't even fucking comprehend like living a month with like the lights out yet still somehow like functioning. And, 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 you know, I, I use that term very loosely functioning. Um, but like, you know, you, you can walk and you can say fuck you to the nurse and you can hear and recognize like, you know, sounds from, a, from music and you, all these things. But then all of a sudden it's just like, boop, lights come on. And you're like, what the fuck? Where am I? What's going on? I, I, I'm fine. I don't need to be here. Um, so like when that, when that period happened, when you, when, when sort of the lights came on for real and you started to see around the things that you remember now, were you, I mean, aside from like all the, all the things that you had to relearn, like the fact that you were married and that you have a family and those types of things, were you, were you capable of like all of the other things that aren't tied to those memories? Right. So, so like, you know, being aware of like that it's time to eat three times a day and you know, you have a breakfast and a lunch and a dinner and you know, aware that, um, you got to look both ways when you cross the street and like, you know, just the things that we take for granted every day that, that, that sort of, that we autonomously just do or not really think about, even though we do it in our day to day. Like were those things kind of, were those faculties about you? It was just like kind of pinpointed life things that just were kind of have, have been, have slipped by. No, they're all gone. Like I had no autonomous nature. So I had no, no concept that I was hungry or that I was cold or that I had to go to the bathroom or anything. So I'd always have people just telling me, this is what you need to do. And I'd look at them and I'd say, okay. And they'd, you know, hold my hand and take me anywhere. Like you could have led me off a cliff and I just would have walked along and said, okay. Whoa. Well, and, and, and I guess like, just, just to, just to, just one more thing here, because I'm, I'm, Again, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Up to that point, before you kind of come online and, and you're going through now this next stage in the in the recovery, are they actively doing anything with you to try to bring you back to that point? Are they actively like medicating you with things? Like, how, what is the what is the what is the process or the protocol to return someone who cannot function with their brain to a point where they can start to recognize that they are in a space, that they are a thing, you know? So they, they have a bunch of different cognitive tests, which they gave me, you know, a little bit after, um, a little bit after it had happened. So in the months that I don't remember, they've given me a test and it's just like, here, we're going to show you a picture, try and draw the pic, the same picture. Here's some blocks, you know, put them in the same kind of pattern and everything that they put in front of me, they'd say, here, draw, draw the same picture that we just drew. And it's going to be a simple like stick man or something like that. And I'd say, okay, they would hand me the paper and pen and say, do you know what to do? And I'd say, no, mm. they're like, you have to draw the same picture. And I would, and I'd say, what picture? Cause I wouldn't be able to see. So I can't even see a picture. 
or, you know, they just give you simple instructions or they'd say, we're going to say three words and you have to repeat them back to us. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And I'd say, no, I don't understand. So they'd repeat it again and then again and again and again. Finally, I'd say, okay. And they'd say, you know, blue camera truck. And they'd say, repeat it back. And I'd say, repeat what? Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you got your podcasts. Right. I mean, the closest thing that you, that I mean, and, and like to what you said earlier, Jared, is like trying to wrap your head around, trying to, trying to feel like you can understand and wrap your head around the experience of, of, of memory loss. Yeah. Um, and the only way that I can do that is to think about some of the times that I have been blackout drunk, which have been horrific. Yeah. <clears throat> and no good for anybody. Um, and 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 then and then also when you are dealing with somebody who is mm. extremely drunk, because like that's the because in terms of feeling that way, that's how I do that. I think about I think about you know some of the times that I've been really drunk and then I've been embarrassed by the fact that I don't that I have no idea what the fuck I did. Now that you put it this way, <clears throat> I know exactly how to help people who are in in the same situation as Leanna. Because what I would do is if I was trying to get you, Leanna, to remember those words like blue camera truck or whatever, I would be like, I'd do the same thing I'd do with you, Taylor. <laughs> I'd be like, Leanna, the police are right there. You need to remember these words. And then you'd immediately perk up and you would be like, blue camera truck. Because yeah, like, when Brian, Taylor Brian is blackout me. drunk, I just say, when? Taylor, the police are there. And by when I'm blackout drunk, you mean <laughs> in our, when, like way earlier in our lives, when I would get blackout drunk, but not anymore. And then immediately you would, yeah, I mean, you would learn week, how to last, walk again. Last week wasn't that but I'm, long But, ago, I'm, but, but I'm, yeah, sure. I'm serious in the way that it, it does sound very similar to the way that like you might see some, you might be with somebody who's really drunk and you're trying to get them to do something. You're trying to get them in a car to go home and you're going, Let's get in the there. car. And they go, sure. And you're like, okay, so let's get, get in the car. car. And they're like, blah, they're like fucking nachos, man. And you're like, fucking no car. Let's get in the car. We need to get in the car to go. And you can't, you just can't get them on your same page because whatever's going on in their brain is not what's happening in but yours. The, and the shared reality yeah. is not being experienced. The, the thing I find so interesting about this, though, is that it seems like with someone who's in that position that you were in, Leanne, it's like there's not really a whole lot you can do other than give it time and utilize mm-hmm. those tests as a way to, to give you any sort of inclination as to how much progress you've made. Right. So it's not like they're going, OK, she's re- like her brain's all bonked up still pretty badly. So, like, let's give her a little bit of. You know, whatever methylazine or some fucking medicine, right? That's like that's that might improve your your cognitive function. It's just it's 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 almost it it seems really rudimentary. It seems like this this thing where they go, we just gotta wait, we gotta we wait gotta and learn. hope that that brain is gonna like snap mm. back into reality somehow. Snap back. And so <laughs> and so it does. And so one day it does. You just are the lights just come on, and you're like. 
The, yeah, Whoa. you were, you were taking a piss, but she, yes, that happened. But she was like, she didn't remember that she had a husband or you know all those types. That was of my things. that was oh, my okay. question. I wanted to ask, um, Leanna, you said when you when the lights did come back on that uh, your brother said to you, um, you know, do you remember? You don't remember the wedding, and you were like, I that's there was no wedding. That person's not even engaged, but mm-hmm. you remembered that person. So like mm. you, you also talked about like having to learn how to, you know, eat and do things like that. But uh, what did you, when you remember the lights coming back on, like what did you remember? Not honestly very much. Like I couldn't, I couldn't really think back to any of my memories. So it didn't dawn on me that I had, you know, a daughter and that I had a partner and Whoa. had a dog and anything. I just what they just told me that this had happened and this was as far as I was concerned, my entire life was just in a hospital now. Like mm. I didn't know anything else. There was nothing else for me to think about. Were when you, you when you met your husband, were you like, nice? No. <laughs> oh no. Oh like I don't remember this, but I <laughs> turned to somebody else and had said, uh, he's bald. I don't like bald guys. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> now. Okay. So, so I, you know, let, let's, uh, let, you're, you're still with your husband. So obviously, obviously the bald thing wasn't a big deal. So uh, what kind of like, did he have to riz you to like bring you back around or like, ha- you know, right, how did we're that? Not, okay. Jerry, we're not talking to an 18 year old. Hey, look, okay. w- 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 look, I am helping the world. Like I'm helping the world stay up on the fucking cool stuff. So okay. you say Riz when you're talking about Riz. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so did you like it, it? Did did you did he have to work to sort of to sort of bring you back to a place of remembering your love or like uh, what 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 was that process? Oh, I was pretty easy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's sweet because. You know, I'd uh, call him up from the hospital and say, oh, you should come over and watch a movie with me. <laughs> he's like, he's he like, of like, course. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, I'll yeah. do that. You're my wife. So he'd come see me and then, you know, we'd be laying in a uh, like a hospital bed together and you'd lean back and you'd do the little butt wiggle against him. And he'd be like, oh, I just helped you shower today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. He's like, yeah. I, I can't do this. And, yeah. you know, he's helping me do absolutely everything. So he's like, you know, I'm not really feeling this. And I'd be like, come on. Like, you're there's risen. a nurse in the room. We can ask her to leave. Yeah, yeah you're, you're risen him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what was it like? What was it like um, when, when you have no, when you have no memory that you have a daughter, you have a husband, and somebody tells you that for the first time? Ooh. Like, like is your what is the feeling and what is the react is the reaction like what the fuck are you talking what are you talking about or uh, like what does it feel like? Oh, it's just it blew my mind. I was like, I know I don't even like kids. How could I have a kid? And it's a and it's a daughter. Oh my god, that sounds awful. <laughs> That's and she crazy. Was, she was ten months old when it happened, so she was like a baby, baby. Oh, oh my god, Jesus! Like that that it, that's like that is. You know, like, again, this is the part that's really hard to wrap your head around is, is to be, is for, because I can understand like having a blank spot in my memory where nothing 
happen. But when, if somebody, if you're of, if you come back into, when you come back into this state where you're, you know, you're, you're like, you're of sound mind now, it seems, but you've, but the, but you've got memory issues and you're being told that you've got this, these things in your life that you don't have any recollection of. And not just like, you know, you've got a car and you've got a house or whatever, but like you've got these people that Mm -hmm. rely on you in a whole bunch of different ways and you have no idea who they are, how you met them, the whole pro like, man, I just like, I I, want to say, my feeling is that it's heartbreaking, but I I can't imagine you feel any of that because Mm -hmm. you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, part of the injury itself was there was a very large lack of feeling in itself. So I didn't have any feelings to feel. Right. So there was no, they'd say I had a daughter and I'd say, okay, that's fine. And then at some point, I think it was, uh, so this happened at the end of May and I think it was sometime in July. Um, when I started kind of remembering that I had a daughter, I was like, I want to see her. She wasn't at the hospital, obviously, but it was like, I just want to see her. I don't know what even she looks like. I don't know, don't know her, but I want to see her again. And I just had this urge of just, I want to see her. I want to see her. That's it. Right. Wow. That's it. It almost, it sounds like before the memory is sort of, I have a one-year-old daughter and I, I know that there are, there's something there is something sort of uh, like evolutionary that's kind of like going on inside my wife and I about like how we feel about her. It's not, it's not, there's a, there's a lot of like how we feel that is not necessarily describable or can be put into words about how you feel. It almost seems like that urge, that like feeling that you want to see her, it almost it like comes before emotion mm. or like yeah, intellectual it's just, it's, understanding. Yeah, it's just like the primal instinct of a mother. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, when you, when you, when you start to, when you start to gain, I, I, I first of all, let, let me just ask this right off the bat. Memories obviously return to you at some point. So is it is it sort of like a is it like this slow trip? Is that obvious? Is that well? That- well, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that you you start to regain some memory of your past life. Is that or or is that totally off base? No, it, that's it was. I describe it as kind of chunks of memory would all of a sudden just burst into my head. Whoa! And I'd just be sitting there, you know, doing whatever, and I and I'd say, hey, oh, I I remember what kind of car I have oh oh I remember what my house looks like now I remember what you know what street I grew up on and it would just be these very spontaneous (laughs) just bursts of knowledge coming back into my head and were there any good yeah right I was gonna say were there any memories where you went ah fuck wish I didn't have to remember that I remembered all my ex-boyfriends at once. (laughs) (laughs) No. And I was like, really? Like that had to come back? 
<laughs> all at Whoa, once. Man. All crazy. at once. You know what I would That's really love? That's a fucking wild thought. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking feeling. Like all of a sudden just going. <laughs> you know what I, I would really. Exactly. Uh, I didn't, like, thankfully, my partner wasn't there at the time. But still, I was just like. Oh, yeah. There's so ah, many. Really? Oh, there's my so goodness. many parallels to this with um, Siobhan's story. Something that's been that that I've I've been curious about one. I wanted to ask a question when you were talking about your daughter and you said you had this urge that you wanted to see her. I was wondering, did did the did the hospital not want you to see her for a bit or or like was there some sort of like protocol from you seeing her? Uh, No, it wasn't that. It was that um, she had gone to stay with my parents and they were kind of looking after her so that I could recover more mm. just by myself and not have an extra thing to look after. Cause I, they knew that I just want to look after her, want to be around her, but I had more right. things yeah. that I needed to yeah. do for myself yeah, first. Right. And they didn't yeah. want to add on that extra stress. So she was just staying, staying home and trail living mm. her own normal life. Okay. I, and, and then the other thing I was curious about is, is in terms of relationships with our, with the, the other guest that we spoke to, Siobhan, when she talked about um, sort of like rekindling that romantic relationship with her partner, um, she talked about like this idea of they almost had to like start dating uh, again and like in their house, you know, they they lived in separate rooms and and like really had to, you know, start at just being friends and then work to build that relationship back. Um, it sounds like your your story is a little bit different in that sense with your partner but I'm curious about relationships in general for you and how this sort of like evolution of like, like, like recreating those bonds with people that, you know, you, you couldn't remember when you first started to gain your memories back. What was that like? Yeah. So with my partner, Chris, I mean, I liked him right away and, you know, he was a big, strong, bald guy, unfortunately, but he was (laughs) just (laughs) absolutely my type, but, and except for the hair. Uh, poor guy but uh (laughs) I looked at him and was just you know I wanted to be with him and I knew I could I just knew that he was a safe place and I had and I had memories of us you know being together we'd been together for I think five or six years before so Mm -hmm. I had lots of memories with him and knew you know he was a safe place he was a safe person he was a good person and everything that he was helping me with within the hospital you know I knew that I could trust him and everything like that What about your family members, like your your brothers who were there, you know, like when you came back, did you remember that they were your brothers right away? <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, my one brother has the same kind of silhouette as my, as Chris. So I thought that my brother was Chris and was getting them confused a lot. Oh, shit. <laughs> I couldn't tell the difference of them, but right, I figured right. that all out. <laughs> but yeah, was- I had memories of all my family and... It's really interesting the way that like, because of course you're right, Brian, it does, it does uh, draw a lot of, draw a lot of uh, comparisons to uh, Siobhan's experience with losing your memory. But the most distinct thing that I'm, that I hear between the two and which is just fascinating from like, a, from a, from a ne- neurological neuroscience standpoint is like how different, how different the type of memory loss is. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like with Siobhan, it seemed like there was no memory. And I, and I don't believe she got her memory back. I think it was just like she just pieced it. She just 
It was, she was basically relying on, on information that she was being given, but she described two types of memory, like the memory to like do her jobs and tasks and stuff like Jerry, right, you were asking right. about earlier. And then like the memories of like people and that's right. Places yeah. and stuff. But, w- but, um, with Juliana, it seems like, it seems like the base, like underlying, like underlying the, the, the actual memory of the person, there was like a feeling or something that was like a foundation of, of, of something with the relationships that you had that was still there. Like you didn't have to mine that hard to find the, like the, like the like connection that you had with that person prior to the event. And that it, we were kind of, you, you were able to build off of that. Oh, I can, I can immediately tell with Chris that this is a person that I feel connected to and that I want to, that I, that I can trust and all like, that's the that's a fascinating sort of like difference between the two types of Ooh. of memory loss, um, and obviously there's like a difference between um, the way in which things happen. Like, I, I'm sure I'm sure that there's probably some type of of scientific explanation for like yeah. how the brain or memory loss works when you suffer a, an event like this, where your brain is deprived of oxygen for uh, you know. A significant period of time when when you when you when you get that when you get those memories back and you start to be able to like live somewhat of a normal life you know you're in the process of like building your life back to what it was prior to this um did you ever hear from anybody about how like you you yourself were different you know did this experience change you and i i don't mean like change you in the fact that like of course it changed you 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 went through a really traumatic event but i mean like Deep down, like, oh, you know what, Leanna, prior to this accident, Leanna, you know, hated carrots. And now she's all now she's like a fucking rabbit. She'll only eat carrots. Like, was there any kind of like personality changes that happened due to this? Uh, not not really. Um they found that I just really had the same attitude for everything. Like I'm a very very sarcastic person. So everything I responded with was always sarcasm. And, you know, I tell people to fuck off when they annoyed me and just, yeah, I had the, I had more or less the exact same personality, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately. I've, yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, you got, I feel like, you know, you have a husband and you have friends and stuff. I, I mean, mean you know. it'd, be, it'd be awful if you came out of it and just all of a sudden like, yeah, Leanna's a real bitch now. Like she was, <laughs> she was cool, but now she's a fucking witch. It's awful to hang out with her. Well, stop well, I mean, telling me I'm how sure bald I am. What I guess, like, I guess, just out of curiosity, um, and maybe there's no answer to this. Maybe, maybe you don't really know. But like, in retrospect, looking back at the process of recovery, what do you think are some of the factors that enabled you to have a recovery? Enabled you to recover the way that you did? Was there, you know, was there like? PT that was really helpful or, or physical activity. Did you find that to be helpful? Like what, what, what kinds of things aided in your ability to, to bounce back from something so, so heavy? Yeah. So I found that, um, exercising right away improved my mental capabilities a whole like metric fuck ton. It's just cause one day, you know, I had, I had, a whole bunch of different therapists to see, but I had a very large gap in between two of them at one point. So I was kind of bored one day and said, I'll 
I'll go outside and I'll go for a walk and see what happens. So I go outside and go for a walk. And when I came back in, I had a visit with an occupational therapist. And immediately he says, what the hell have you done? Because you're doing amazing today. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I said, all I've done is gone for a walk. And he said, keep doing that. Keep exercising. It's going to help you so, so much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's oh, great. <laughs> exercise, man. Exercise. Is it not? Did you react that way? Because you're like, fucking exercise is lame. It sucks. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, it was I, just because I'd gone for a walk and he said, you should you should try running. And I was oh, like, oh, that, that is no. I, I no. Yeah. Yeah. I would have said that same thing. No, thanks. <laughs> and then so, so I, I tried running and, you know, I thankfully at this point I had better coordination. So I was trying to run, but. Mm. You know, I've never been a runner and that was just cruel. And, and did like, but you could then also, but then you could do, but then you could, you, you all, all of a sudden you knew how to build the, 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 a rocket that would bring us to the moon. <laughs> you had all the schemes that laid out in well, your head. You went for a run. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like did, did that, um, prior to your accident versus after you, you started to rec- recover and like the use of it, like did your relationship to physical activity, was it different from from prior to the accident? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did you, I I guess, I guess like in being encouraged to do things like, you know, weightlifting and running and, and like things to be physically active. Did that stick? Are you, are you, are you, know, do you have an interest in running now? God, no. Um, (laughs) I still like, I, I always had exercise and I'd always go to the gym, but I just, you know, go for a little bit of a dog on the elliptical trainer kind of thing. I never ever did any weights or anything like that. But um, when I started, after, you know, we said start walking and I I had a dog as well. So I was always walking my dog. So I carried on. And then um, when I'd come back home, you know, they said work with a physiotherapist and the physiotherapist that I was working with, she was like eight and a half months pregnant. And so she had to go away very quickly. And instead I just hired a personal trainer to work with me. And she said, you don't need to be running. You need to be lifting weights. Like you are the size of, you know, the stick man that you just drew. So let's like get you some weights and you can try and lift them up and see what happens. And which thankfully it was very, very helpful because I, at this point I'd lost so much weight. Like I was under a hundred pounds and um, couldn't, you know, lift up my daughter or anything. So I was, um, just started training so that, you know, I could be at least a little helpful carrying groceries or something like that. I am, I am curious. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this, this, uh, the fact that like memory loss and, and even, um, you know, memory loss that happens with, with old age, like dementia, um, those types of stories or situations oftentimes, you know, can be the saddest situations, but also, um, can lend themselves to like really funny moments. Um, you know, like the, it's like the, you oftentimes hear about people with Alzheimer's, um, who are going through a really tough situation, but like they do something kind of funny because they forget or like they do something sort of silly. Um, I'm curious, Lana, for you, like, are there any, stories or moments like that stand out during your recovery is like something like really weird or wacky that you ended up doing because you couldn't remember something other than blasting your husband for having a bald head. (laughs) (laughs) Poor man. 
<laughs> um, I'm just trying to think now because my memory sucks. What? Um, there is like, you know, I just I have I had absolutely no filter. So mm. anytime somebody said anything, I'd, I, you know, they'd say, "Okay, we're gonna go do this today." I'd be like, "That's fucking stupid. Why the hell would I want to do that?" <laughs> like, we're gonna, you know. We're gonna we're gonna draw this picture today. I'd be like, don't make me draw a fucking picture. <laughs> and they'd say, Do you remember what you did yesterday yesterday? I'd say, No, why why are you even asking me that? Ooh. What a stupid fucking question. And they they'd say, But do you remember? And I'd say, Obviously I do, but you should tell me what I did. <laughs> to make sure you know. Yeah, obviously. Do you know yeah. what I did yesterday? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me if yeah. you know, tell me. Because <laughs> I know I was never going to admit that anything was wrong with me, so they yeah. just, you know, they're trying to they're trying to prod me, but I had my sneaky ways of playing that, you know, I was just fine. What would you so say? What What would you say is like the length of time from the moment that you hit the ground to the moment where you felt like I I feel like I've got a grasp on my life now. Uh, what day is it today? Um, <laughs> no, uh, it took a few, uh, actually, probably around three or four years ago, because that's when I became pregnant with my son now. Mm. And I wanted to be in a place where I could actually take care of myself and handle myself and follow a routine and get things done, but also be okay if something went haywire and could um i could handle it and still have the energy because all this took so much energy as well i could handle it and make sure that it was going to be okay still and it wouldn't just drain me for three days that something didn't go to plan yeah and and up to this point now like currently today are there any are there any lingering effects from what happened in 2015 Physically or mentally? Uh, mostly just the memory thing. Like I still have a bad, what they call working memory. So I don't know if you guys know what that is, but they say it's, you know, your bucket for holding information for a short time. Right. So if someone gives you a phone number, you have to remember it for long enough that you can write it down. Right. It's not something you need to keep, but, and so I basically had no bucket at all. So if you tell me a phone number, I just look at you like, why are you telling me this information? It's, it's <laughs> not going anywhere. Yeah. I is and and in in like sort of conversations with the healthcare providers, um did they did you did you ever get any sort of idea of what you know, did they mention anything about like future risks of cardiac events or anything like that? Is there you know, are, are there stats around like, oh, well, it happened to you once. So there's like a, you know, there's like a 30% chance that within the next X amount of years, this could happen again, that kind of thing. Or, or is this really just like a freak event? So if they'd found an underlying condition, they could have, but since they haven't found any, they don't, they can't really say if it'll happen again or if not. Right. And you're just kind of living under this cloud of it could happen again. It might not, but mm -hmm. I've, have this idea in my head that 
since it already has happened, I'm pretty much indestructible now. And no one's ever, it can't ever, ever happen to me again. Mm. It reminds me of the the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Mr. Burns goes to the doctor and they just discover that he has everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're saying, oh, um, yeah, you have, you know, gestational diabetes and a little bit of this cancer and that cancer. And he says, so you're saying I'm indestructible. <laughs> and they're like, no, not at all. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm indestructible. He's like, well, I think I'll understand it that way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I just kind of said, so there's nothing that can kill me. And there's like, well, there are lots of things. But I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good headspace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck seatbelts, you know, like it just just go just go hard. You know? <laughs> what what would you say, Leanna, what would you say is the biggest thing that you that um that going into cardiac arrest has taken away from you? Um I think it took away a lot of time in that I had to spend all this time recovering instead of spending it, you know, with my young daughter when she was, you know, 10 months old to, you know, she's nine now. Her birthday was yesterday. So. Wow. Happy birthday. You know, spending time, spending time just being a normal person and not having to spend time sitting in a hospital looking looking at the window going, please let me out. What would you say is the biggest thing that it's given you? I think that the people that have come into my life are absolutely just people that I never would have met a other in any other way. You know, people who, you know, you're in the, when I was in the hospital, you'd sit down at the lunchroom and they'd ask you what you're there for. Like it's a prison and, everyone had their own stories about why they were there. And there was always, there were always these amazing stories and, you know, you wouldn't have met any of these people any other way. Hmm. Well, Leanna, um, I gotta say it's, it's one of those experiences that's just like, you know, on this end of things, I mean, it was obviously mind boggling for you literally. Um, but it's mind boggling on this end to hear that experience and not only to hear that the experience that you went through, but to hear it and then to see you in the state that you are today, you know, like good sense of humor, a mom of a, a couple of children, you know, uh, like still, still together with the, the man that you fell in love with prior to this all happening, even though waking up and seeing this person and like not recognizing that love was there you know, mm -hmm. until, until having to like work. Th it's just, it's a miraculous story that, um, that, I mean, I guess, you know, we're not glad that you went through it, but we're sure glad that you're able to sit here and tell us about it, uh, as opposed to, you know, uh, the unfortunate event being that, you know, you didn't make it through something like that. So thank you for, for taking time in your schedule to sit down and share this, this story with us. Um, thank you for having me. It really, really does mean a lot. Yeah, thank you. Well, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, we are coming at you Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to support the podcast, there's a number of ways you can do that. First of all, you can leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. You can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app, if that's where you're listening. 
Or if you want to join the conversation, hop on over to our Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. And uh, we have a lovely little community over there of sickos and non-sickos all hanging out, chatting. And uh, hey, you could even help produce the podcast over there if you want. You can, again, find that link in the show notes below. Sick Boy Podcast is produced and co-hosted by myself, Jeremy Saunders, Taylor McGilvery, and Brian Stever. The show is managed by Jeffrey Lonis over at Talent Bureau. The sound design of this episode is brought to you by Donovan the CPAP Morgan. And of course, the theme music is from the band Take Part. That is it for this week. I'm Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.